0: You are Locked On Razorbacks,
1: your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LockedOn. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Hope everybody's doing wonderful and had a wonderful weekend. Except, of course, for you Razorback basketball fans. Uh, That was frustrating, wasn't it? Um, You know, that was a a game against Oklahoma State. Losing 81-77 to in the way that you did was a little frustrating. I can get it. And it's not the end of the world. And that was something I wanted to make known here in the early going of this podcast is it sucks. You don't want to lose that way. But you did. But it's not like you lost to a piss-poor team, or it's not like you got beat like you've gotten beat in other games like the uh, you know Alabama and LSU game. You just lost to a better team, and there's no shame in that, but that doesn't mean that you couldn't have won the game. And one of the things that, of course, was the hottest topic of discussion, and which, by the way, will be joined by uh, Kurt Wilkerson of hogsports.com as we'll talk more about this uh whole event and everything that took place in it when it comes to the game itself and all that. was a great uh, interview that we had on the show, but the final play of the game for Arkansas, at least offensively, they have the ball with roughly about 13 seconds to go. And Arkansas is looking for some sort of option to tie the game, to win the game, whatever it may be. And they're down 2 they're inbounding the ball. On their side of the court, right there on court side. So it's not like they have to dribble it up court and then set something up. They have something right there, right then and there. And Eric Musselman even had a play drawn up. So on the inbound, it gets to Connor Vanover. Now Connor Vanover seven three. We all know how big he is. He passes it over to J.D. Note, and as soon as he gets it out to J.D. Note, the team just the other Oklahoma State just swarms with double team. Tries to trap him. He's out of options. Well, he sees Connor Vanover right there at the top of the three point line, swings it to him. And now Connor Vanover is wide open for a three at the top of the three point line. Gets his feet set, rises and fires. Doesn't count. Doesn't make it. Oklahoma State gets the ball back. Arkansas fouls. They hit the free throws. Game over. Everyone was so upset with what Connor Vanover did. First off, that was not the play that Eric Musselman had drawn up for, for uh, a guy like Connie Vanover. Like, that's not what the play was supposed to be, but it developed into that play because of what the defense gave to Arkansas, and I'm sorry. I know I may be in the minority in this, but I had no problem with Connor Vanover taking that shot. He's wide open for a three-point shot, which he's capable of. He even made one already in this game. Take the shot. He did. It didn't go in. It's unfortunate. It sucks. But, hey, that's the game. That's the way it goes. And wouldn't you rather have that than J.D. Note going in and trying to get fouled? Because you know they're not going to call a foul call unless it's just egregious there in that situation. You want an open shot. I don't care who it is. If you have an open shot, take the open shot. Especially if it's a three-point shooter who has shown that he's capable of making threes. Do it. So, I don't understand why people were so upset by it. I don't understand why they felt like it was just a terrible play call by or a terrible setup. But I thought it was the right call. This didn't, didn't execute. Arkansas didn't execute. It's as simple as that. But we're going to talk more about this with Kurt Wilkerson of Hawksports.com. He does a great job of covering all things Razorback uh, basketball and baseball. And we had a chance to catch up with him on the show today. So, without further ado, let's go to the phone lines and welcome in Kurt Wilkerson and talk more about this whole game and this whole situation with Arkansas. And I got to ask you, Kurt, first off, did you have a problem with the way the game ended? Did you have a problem with the way that Connor Vanover shot that shot, especially when he was wide open? Or are too many people making a big deal about the ending of that game?
0: Yeah, I mean, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. But I, I thought it was a really good game. You know, Arkansas got, I think, you know, back on their heels a little bit early. Oklahoma State's a physical, athletic group. It took a while, I thought, for the Razorbacks to adjust, but they did. And you know, they were in a position to win that game late. I mean, a couple times they built up a five-point lead, and and obviously lost it there towards the end. And you know, as as far as that last play is concerned, I you know, you probably would like to have you know maybe a Moses Moody uh, taking that last shot there, but. You know Oklahoma State was in a zone so that does complicate things a little bit and just the nature of the play the way it broke down with Vanover having to to make the handoff there to Note and then he gets double teamed right away so naturally Vanover is the guy that's open uh, that's a good look I mean I, I guess he had time I, I think he could have swung it over to the right wing I think it was Devo on the right wing that that maybe had a driving lane there but you know five seconds or under and, and you got a look right there at the top of the key I I'm okay with him taking that
2: shot. As you mentioned, Arkansas was able to adjust to what Oklahoma State did early, but Oklahoma State definitely looked like the bigger team, not the taller team, but that seems to be something that's recurring with Arkansas this year. Last year they were outsized in height, and now it seems to be uh, the, the teams are more physical and bigger. Is this something that Arkansas needs to address?
0: Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it, it, it's kind of become a trend if you take a look at some of the games that Arkansas struggled or, or lost. It's usually the opponent is a team, like you said, that's not necessarily taller, but uh, just bigger and they play more physical. And, you know, Arkansas has some guys that can get in there and mix it up, but they're a, they're more of a quick, you know, finesse type team. And when you play those, Big bodies like that who can protect the rim. You run into some of those situations where you're not converting layups and those shots around the basket. And that's something that you know Eric Musselman has talked about over and over as a an area of concern for the team. And it kind of crept back in after you know I, I thought they were better to that regard in the last few games. They've been on a three game SEC win streak, but it was definitely an issue for him against Oklahoma State. So yeah, I think you know finding some guys that are a little more you know athletic and physical maybe it's you know, a a bruiser inside would definitely benefit them moving forward.
1: You know, you had a chance to listen to Eric Musselman's press conference, which just took place roughly an hour ago, and we know how hard he takes losses And in that press conference after the game. You could tell uh, he's not a very happy guy. But as far as what happened today, was there anything that, uh, as far as news-wise, that stood out to you of some of the things he said, or what what was his overall demeanor like in this press conference now that he's had a couple days to let it sink in? um you know he's
0: he's still mad about it (laughs) you know he's the kind of guy that he's gonna be until they win (laughs) so hopefully that happens you know tomorrow night but uh no I mean he could kind of turn the page I think to Mississippi State as you have to it's another quick turnaround I mean if you if you think about it you played a pretty big and physical Ole Miss team and and had a short turnaround comparatively to Oklahoma State they hadn't played since Monday so I uh, had a quick turnaround against those guys, obviously a physical game. And now the midweeks for Arkansas are shifting from Wednesday back to Tuesday. So, you know, one less day of rest and preparation. And, you know, it sounds like the guys are, were maybe a little fatigued at practice yesterday. He did give us an update on Jalen Williams, who missed the second half. He, he had that knee-to-knee collision with Kate Cunningham. and uh, You know, they, they said it was a deep bone bruise after the game and, uh, on the knee, and I guess the the Arkansas – athletic training staff confirmed that which is good news but it really hurts and it it impacts your you know ability to move side to side and things of that nature so uh, you know obviously he's been getting a lot of treatment and therapy and things like that and you know they're hopeful that he'll be available tomorrow it's really going to be you know if they can get that swelling down and what the pain tolerance looks like and you know really he's he's a key for the game because mississippi state you want to talk about big and physical this is a group it's going to throw out 6'10 and 6'11, you know, inside. Both of those guys are 245-plus, and they bring two guys off the bench that are just as big. So Jalen Williams is your your biggest, most physical body inside. You sure would like to have him tomorrow night.
2: So what did Coach Must have to say as far as evaluating Mississippi State and his thoughts on the game going into it?
0: Yeah, well, a really talented backcourt for Mississippi State. They have two guys who are both averaging 17.6 points per game. So, Iverson Molinar and DJ and Stewart, uh, a couple really talented guards, both can shoot the three, both can drive it. So obviously, those are two guys that are going to be focal points on the scouting report. Uh not as not as much depth scoring wise behind that. They have one other guy in double figure than Tolu Smith. He's one of the six ten guys inside for them that gets it done in, you know around the rim and on the glass. Uh, but then from there, really good defensive team. And, you know, he talked about their ability to kind of get in there and just, you know, pack in the lane and how they really fundamentally sound. Ben Howland, the coach over there, obviously spent a lot of time at UCLA and was known for his teams being just really an in-your-face, aggressive, man-to-man defensive style. So something that Arkansas is going to have to crack. You know, we asked him against a a Mississippi State team that is a little bit slower paced. I mean, they're, I think, 301 in adjusted tempo, so they don't – They don't move too too fast at all. We asked Moss, hey, do you want to try to maybe speed those guys up and and get out in transition? He said, well, yeah, we would like to play a little bit faster. But he also pointed out that Arkansas, believe it or not, is more efficient offensively in the half court compared to transition. So he, he thinks they'll be able to match up okay either way.
1: We'll continue our discussion with Kurt Wilkerson of hogsports.com here in just a second. Folks, we got the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. How exciting is that? We get to actually watch the Super Bowl. I'm pumped. I know you're pumped. But as much as we love watching the games and the commercials and the halftime and all that fun stuff, the best thing about it is that you're going to have plenty of opportunity to make money. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust to do all of the betting when it comes to games. It's betonline.ag. Sign up for today. You're going to get a free account at betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked On and you'll get 50% off your welcome bonus deposit. You can't get a better deal than that. Other places will try to hound you for different reasons. They'll send you a bunch of emails saying about, well, this is what you have to do and this is what you can't do. Not at BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You
0: are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas
1: Razorbacks podcast. You know, looking at uh, just where Arkansas is standing in the NCAA tournament, I think that's what most fans are curious about. Where they see the net ranking and it's fine, and all the Joe Lenardi's out there and stuff, they still feel like Arkansas is in the tournament. But what you're looking at, as far as where they're at now and what they have remaining on their schedule, let's just assume that there's not going to be an SEC tournament because. Uh, you know, you never want to play the Assumption game when it comes to games being played during COVID, but how do you feel about their standing in the NCAA tournament, as well as what they need to do and accomplish in the regular season to make sure that they're in the NCAA tournament?
0: Yeah, I think they're in an okay spot. I mean, they, they certainly, you would like to have, you know, maybe one of these games there, especially on, on Saturday, go your way, and then you'd be in a really good spot, but, you know, like you said, the, the net ranking looks good. The, the analytics like Arkansas, you know, that you look at, any of those things, whether it's Ken Palm or you know ESPN's Basketball Power Index, they're all pretty high on the Hogs, and, and so you like to see that. Most bracketology experts, like you mentioned, still have them in, but you know they're hovering around that bubble, the 10, 11 seed, uh, and things like that. And, and really, I I think that's probably where Arkansas is going to stay until they can notch that signature win. So you talked about the net rankings, and Arkansas is in a good spot there. Uh, in the top 35, which is really where you want to be, but to really bump that up, they've got to start getting those quad one victories, which is you know the, the games against some of the top level competition. They have one of those right now—the the road win at Auburn qualifies, but you know they're one in five, in those quad one opportunities. The good news is, if you take a look at it, uh, they're going to have some chances coming up here, and uh, some opportunities really help the eye test. You know, they took a couple ugly losses you think about the Missouri game and at LSU and at Alabama we get a rematch with all those guys so if you can you know get out of there and maybe sneak out a win or two that's something that could really boost that NCAA tournament profile and then it's just about taking care of business against teams below you in the standings I mean you take a look at this week and you've got you know Mississippi State and Texas A&M who are both capable teams but they're below you in the league standings, and if you're serious, you know about being an NCAA tournament team. Those are games that you find a way to win at home. You sweep this week, you get to seven and four in week play. You're in a pretty good spot. I mean, you take a look at the SEC standings; you're sitting at sixth right now. But uh, you know, tiebreakers aside, you're one game out of second place. So a pair of wins here, going into with a big week next week at Kentucky and at Missouri, you're in a pretty good spot.
2: Curtis, on 24-7 Sports, you wrote about bright spots and areas of concern so far for this team. What are some of those?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think if you if you look at the bright spots, you, you kind of have to start with, you know, the freshmen. They've just really done a tremendous job of developing and, you know, just being a, a big factor for the Razorbacks, as you had hoped with, you know, such a highly ranked class coming in. But uh, you know, I, I, think not only Moses Moody, who's, you know, emerged as one of the best freshmen in the country, which you love to see, but just the things that you've been able to get out of Devonte Davis and Jalen Williams, you know, you wish KK was still healthy, but, uh, definitely a bright spot there, you know, getting Justin Smith back and just the impact he has on the team, not, not only from the stat sheet with, you know, he's able to do scoring around the basket and, and helping the team on the glass, but, you know, just the veteran leader, he's been in big games before in the big 10, uh, the things he's able to do with his versatility defensively, uh, you know, allowing the Hogs to, to utilize those half-court traps and recover, and you know, he can guard on the perimeter, he can guard inside, so really been good there. You know, some of the questions that you think about, uh, you know, you know, the, the curious case of Counter Van over. That's that's one thing I had on there. You know, what is it that you need from him? What are you getting from him? Um, obviously, he's had his moments. When you think about the SEC opener at Auburn, how well he played. He had a good game last week against Ole Miss. Some games just aren't great matchups for him, and and when that's the case, you got to maximize the value in the time that he's in there. Uh, you know, taking a look at guys like Desi Sills, who's you know the the one who's got the most returning experience in terms of SEC play. He's been in the program for three years. You know, when he's charged up and he's really locked in and and playing his aggressive, chip-on-your-shoulder style, he's a game-changer for the Razorbacks, and he's just been so up and down and streaky through SEC play. You hope that he can find that consistency, if you recall last year, down the stretch, the last five, five or six games. He's one of the hottest players in the SEC. If he can catch fire down the stretch, Arkansas is in a really, really good spot.
1: We'll continue our discussion with Kurt Wilkerson of hogsports.com here in just a second. But folks, i got to tell you about Bilt Bar. It's, uh, it's kind of a, a bummer when I ran out of all those Bilt Bars that they, I got sent to me. I immediately reordered a whole other batch. And I thought about, well, what flavor should I go with? Should I go with one or this or that? No, I'm just going to go with all 18. 18 amazing flavors is what they have. And each and every one of them are truly incredible. And what the best thing about it is not only do they taste great, not only are they convenient, but they're so healthy. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. So it's great for all you different diets that you're trying to try, and they taste great, which just seems like it should be illegal. So right now go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. It's as simple as that. Promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Don't take don't let this happen without you taking advantage of it. Take advantage of it, folks. Builtbar.com for 20% off, just use that promo code locked on.
0: Locked Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.
1: Yeah, that was going to be my next question is about Connor Vanover because uh, I feel bad for him where so many people have a lot of expectation on him because, you know, you're seven three, You're seven three, and you can do a lot of different things. And so people say, all right, well, you know, you should be able to block every shot. You should be able to get strong underneath. You should be able to, to make hook shots. There, there's just a lot of expectation on him, but he's just not the player that I feel like a lot of people are trying to force him to be but I still feel like he adds an element into this team where even if he's not going out there and making every three like we like we want him to, even if he's not going out there and getting strong underneath, obviously Eric Musselman feels strong enough about his ability to keep giving him opportunities and to keep him in games, especially late in game situations.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And and you're hundred percent right. One, I I think if he was, you know, knocking down the three pointers like maybe we expected or maybe he's capable of. A lot of this wouldn't even be a conversation. I I think that would change a lot of things for Connor. You know, and and like you said, he's not the type of player you you would like to think so at 7'3", but he's not the type of guy that's going to get in there and be super physical and bang around, you know, some of these guys in the SEC who are 6'10 and have, you know, 30, 40 pounds of muscle on him. Uh, You know, he he may have been better served to do that prior to getting sick before the season and, and losing weight and things like that, but still... It's not his style of play, but but what he can do is make up for that by using his length and blocking and altering shots. Well, sometimes that works out for him, and, and sometimes it doesn't. We've seen that over the course of SEC play, where some matchups work out for him and he's able to be a huge factor. Like I mentioned at Auburn uh, against Ole Miss at home last week, he did a great job. But you know, other games, you know, sometimes he struggles with the physicality. We saw that against Oklahoma State. Uh, and then some of these teams that play these athletic hybrid forwards that really get up and down, you know, against the guy that that's not quite as mobile, that's going to be a struggle for him. Yeah, I, I thought he played well actually early in the second half, uh, you know, against Oklahoma state, but with Jalen Williams out, he was in a situation where he had to play all 20 minutes. And that's just not a realistic expectation to, for him to maintain a high level of play over 20 minutes. It's, I don't know that he's ever going to be able to do that. So, I I think he was winded probably down the stretch. Still, you know, he missed that that big three at the end, but he also hit a big three shortly before that that tied the game at 67. So you got to take the good with the bad and and hope that he can continue to build a little bit of momentum down the stretch because they're going to need him tomorrow night. They're going to need him down the stretch, no doubt.
2: So what would you like to see from this team down the stretch um, other than the obvious and winning games, but maybe some rotations or increased playing time from certain players?
0: Yeah, I, I think the number one thing that that you want to see is consistency, and I I really think that's the reason why Musselman hasn't been able to settle in on an exact rotation. You know, he even mentioned it uh, after a game not too long ago. He said, "Hey, I'm 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 done stretching this thing out. I want to get back to my comfort zone of my top six or seven guys, and we'll see what happens from there." And, and and that's that's easy to say, and that's the plan. But if guys aren't performing on a consistent basis, and you don't know what you're going to get, well. You've got to keep rotating guys in and out so you know, I, I do think consistency would help them in terms of figuring out the rotations you know as far as playing time and, and everything like that I've, I've i've really been pleased with seeing guys like Devonte davis start to get increased run you can just see he's beaming with confidence every game he's getting a little bit better and more comfortable you know against auburn in that comeback win they had to they had to sub and get him off the ball down the stretch he's having trouble getting the ball down the court against the press and you turn around less than two weeks later and he's a guy who's got the ball in his hand to bring it up the court against Oklahoma state in the final minute. So, uh, just the confidence there has been nice to see. Uh, I, I would like, you know, personally to see Jalen Williams get some more running there inside. I think he was building some confidence. You'd love his effort. It's a guy that will block a shot or take a charge inside. So you got to love to see that. Um, and then I, you know, I think Desi getting back to being Desi would really help take this team to another level. And, and honestly, you know, other guys, you Vance Jackson, you know, stands out to me—a guy that you thought would be able to really come in and give some scoring punch—and he's shown signs of it. You had know, those back-to-back games uh, when Justin Smith was out, where he had 14 and 15, and was really shooting it well from three. You see the difference that makes when he's on. But you know, again, for me with this team, it all comes down to consistent play.
1: All right, we got about one minute left with you, Kurt. I got to ask you this, and shifting gears to the baseball side of things. I loved Christian Franklin talking trash to Mississippi State and the, and the Mississippi State baseball player over the weekend, and also with uh, Razorback baseball coming up. Uh, what'd you make of that comment, and just uh, overall Razorback baseball in general? Well,
0: I I love it, man. There's nothing better than a little bit of baseball chirping back and forth, even during games from dugout to dugout. So. I was uh, I was happy to see it. I got a kick out of it. I was following that
1: as well. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.